Philippians chapter number 2, verse 9. Wherefore, God hath also, or also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everybody needs to memorize that. You're a child of God. You need to memorize that. Amen. Father, we love you. I ask you to bless the Word of God today and the preaching. Help us now at this point and uh, other points that we'll bring out maybe later this evening. God, it'll be used for your own glory now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. We're talking about the name of Jesus. Amen. And the fellow that we dealt with today was an apostolic preacher. Acts 2.38. Amen. And uh, he said there's over 600 baptisms, the way people practice. And we brought out some things about the Word of God. I said, yeah, well, they translated the English Bible over 240 times. He was trying to talk about all the divisions in different Christianity and different religions and all the divisions and how it's splintered and, and everything. And uh, he's mainly going right here. This is where he's at. He said, if we just follow the Bible plan, we'd be all right if we just went here. But he's wrong, and I'm going to show you why he's wrong tonight. Amen. But uh, I want to show you some things there. But it was just funny. Uh, I told you how Miss Gail Ripplinger talks about how people are taking all these new lexicons and dictionaries and everything and trying to use dictionaries and lexicons to define the words of a King James Bible when God gave you the Holy Ghost to compare Scripture with Scripture. And he goes right into the Hebrew. He goes and quotes a Hebrew definition and he goes... Psalm 119, 165, great peace of they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend. He said, you know, everybody thinks offend means to make mad, but he said, when you go to the Hebrew, it says this, it means this, that it's a stumbling. You know, and he's going on, blah, 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 blah. And I go, well, I can see that. You know, Jesus Christ, a rock of offense, a stone of stumbling. I can understand. Okay, I can see the comparison. I can line it up. I can compare scriptures and come up with something like that. But what he's doing is, is he's leaving this source, and he's going to some Hebrew it's probably not the right Hebrew to try to prove what he believes. And he proved my point because everybody wants to rewrite it. And like I said this morning, and like Miss Gail Ripplinger said, everybody wants to know what does it mean versus what does it say. Boy, boy, right there, home run, you know. Amen. What does it say? We're going to teach you some things tonight of what the Scripture says. Then you decide. Amen. I go over there and some guy attacked me on my Acts 2.38 video about all these different baptisms. John baptized here, confessing their sins, and Jesus baptized, and all these different people baptized and baptized and baptized, and then they're saying, I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm just a, a, a foolish preacher, a Baptist preacher. And then another one gets on there and said, this is a foolish Baptist preacher. They said they was a Baptist for 60 plus years, 65 years, and now they're members of the Church of Christ. Oh. Amen. And so they're attacking me, telling me I don't know what I'm talking about on this point. Amen. And I simply write back to them, you need to learn to read your Bible and pay attention to what's going on when you are reading your Bible. They don't read. They don't know how to compare. They don't know how to rightly divide. They just take something, a verse, and they run with it, and they're goners. And you're going to create a religion and a denomination and all denominations, amen, I'm telling you, bar none, but an old-fashioned, independent, Bible-believing, Baptist preacher, amen. rightly divided in their bit of literature, will not go to Acts 2.38 for baptismal regeneration. Amen. We are not regenerated because some man said certain words over top of us. We're not regenerated because somebody put us in a bathtub, amen. We're not regenerated because water did not wash away my sins. Amen. We're not regenerated because some man had his hands laid on by had his hands laid on which had his hands laid on by the apostle Peter. Amen. Amen. They believe in apostolic succession. So does the Pope. Amen. Your Church of Christ believe it. Your apostolic preachers believe it. Amen. And your Catholic Church believes it. And, and your Mormons believe it. Listen, they all believe in baptismal regeneration. You're regenerated when the right man says a hocus pocus, right words. In Jesus' name. And the proof that it is done right, they come up having the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. May I say, 
There you go. That How's that tongue language for you? They'll say, I just blasphemed the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to tell you something. You need to read your Bible. Amen. You hang in there long enough and that didn't offend you, Charlie. Pay attention. Verse 38. Well, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Conviction. Amen. And said unto Peter and the rest of who? The apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What's that mean? What shall we do? Works. It's works. Because they come from a religion of works. They think they must do something about what they've done. What did they do? Alright, you ready? Look at what it says in verse 22. Ye men of who? Who? Israel. Israel. Hear, this, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as yourselves also know. Him, being delivered by determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. They're guilty of murdering their Messiah. They brought judgment against him. They took an innocent man and had him crucified. You understand? The nation of Israel is now bearing this reproach and Peter and the eleven are standing up and showing them, you're guilty of killing Jesus Christ, a man approved by God, whom you with wicked hands have crucified. You understand? Who's he talking to? He's talking to a Gentile in Dayton, Ohio. In 2016, he's talking to Israel, the nation of Israel, on a Jewish feast day, Pentecost. Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecostal is not a denomination. Amen. It's a Jewish feast day, man. Get your Bible together. Hello. Amen. And now Peter preaches to them, and they get convicted for murdering their Messiah. They said, men and brethren, what should we do? We're guilty. <laughs> we messed up. He said, then said Peter unto them, repent. Amen. Turn from this. Repent and be what? Baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They'll say, there's tongues, and you do it to get your sins forgiven. That ain't what the verse said. Hello. Right. You with me? Yeah. Repent and be baptized, every one of you how? In the name of Jesus. Hello, it's a name. You get what? You get submerged in. Right? Submersion, baptism, immersed, right? It's a name they get submerged in. But who's getting baptized there in that verse? Israel. Is getting baptized for what? Come on, talk to me. For, no, they killed the Messiah. Now, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, comma, for. What's for mean? To get them or because they were? For the remission of sins. Is that to get them remitted or because they've been remitted? No. When you, when, you, when you catch a thief for stealing cars, do you put him in jail because he stole the car or so he can steal cars? Because he stole the car. Huh? You put a thief in jail for stealing because he has stolen. Were these sin, was this sin forgiven? Was this sin forgiven? You know why people can't answer it? Because they don't read their Bible and know their Bible. Turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. You got to read the Gospels. You got to compare. You got to understand what's going on. People don't want to take time to understand and read their Bible. And I bring this out, and people have a hard time with it. Luke 23, verse 33. And they're come to the cross. 
amen, to the place which is called Calvary. They were crucified, or they, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, what? Did he forgive them? Were they forgiven? They were there trying to receive the forgiveness of sins. They were already forgiven because they were forgiven. Not in order to get them forgiven. They were forgiven for murdering their Messiah. Hello. They had to receive it. But they were forgiven, weren't they? But they refused to be what? Forgiven. They turned their back away from forgiveness and the nation of Israel as a whole said, we don't want Jesus Christ. 3,000 of them got baptized. 3,000 of them got baptized in Jesus' name. 3,000 of them received the forgiveness that Jesus paid for on Calvary. Hello? The multitude, the nation rejected them. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? The Jews, the nation of Israel, what's being taught here, right here? What's being taught in Acts 2? I want to help somebody tonight. What's being taught in Acts 2? Where are you at in time in Acts 2? Let me help you. I'm going to help you in Acts 2. Amen. We're going to do a timeline. Okay? Jesus is crucified, right? Hello, you with me? Right. The 69th week. The end of the 69th week, the Messiah is cut off. From here to here, you're in Daniel's 70th week. You Pentecostals still hanging in with me? I hope you are. Amen. They're in the 70th week of prophecy. They're in this thing 50 days. Jesus appeared unto them 40 days after this. Right? In Acts chapter number 1, there, there's 120 of them up in the upper room. They tear in that upper room for 10 days. On the 50th day, the day of Pentecost. Acts 2. The Holy Ghost comes upon 12 men. And those 12 men speak with another tongue, which everybody hears in his own language. You with me? You want to know what's so funny about that? I'm, I just got to skip and put this intermission in. This man tells us he went to Peru and he went to a bunch of different countries. Right? Amen? Right. And he says he was trying to talk to somebody and trying to translate. And he couldn't in this, this, this cabbie. He was in Puerto Rico, somewhere over there, I think it was. And a guy said, you need to, you got a cell phone? He said, yeah. He said, you need to tr t type in the app Global uh, Translator. And he said, global translator, and everything translates it right there. I said, man, is that what the apostles had on Acts 2? Hello? Why does a guy claim he's got to get to the Holy Ghost, initially evidence of tongues, and he goes to Puerto Rico, and he's got to use a cell phone to communicate? They didn't! You understand? The fallacy of that man's religion is that he's got to get a translator and he's got to get some device to translate between him and another language so he can understand. Listen, those people came in Acts 2 out of every nation under earth, amen, and they showed up and Peter and James and John preached and they heard every man in their own tongue. Translator was the Holy Ghost to put it in there. They didn't need some device. Amen. amen. That's what the gift of tongues was in Acts 2. These people got to go over there and go to language school and everything else to learn how to talk. Peter didn't go to language school. Right? James and John, Philip, Bartholomew, they didn't go to language school. They got up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and preached and those people understood what was being said in their own tongue wherein they were born. Somebody counterfeits the Holy Ghost. They go, hush a little on that time. Amen. Well, you can say whatever you want to say. I just read, and I'm, I'm going to interject this. Amen. I just read in 1 Corinthians 14, Friday at work. As I'm reading 1 Corinthians 14, I'm looking at tongues. Amen. And I'm looking at an unknown tongue. You know what an unknown tongue is? It's not a noise. 
It's a language. You understand me? An unknown tongue is not babbling gibberish. Where people just take a bunch of syllables and mix them all up and go fa, la, ha, baba, booba, or whatever and put them all together and make a language and just do a bunch of gibbering so they can impress a bunch of Christian idiots that don't read their Bible. Hello, amen. That's somebody pulling something over your eyes, buddy. An unknown tongue, a tongue is a language. It's a language you don't understand. It's not just a bunch of hubala. Right? It's not gibberish. It's a language. Acts 2, they spoke. They heard in their own tongue. Verses 6, 8, and 12, I think it is, or 11. Right? Hello? You with me? Right? Verse verse uh, 6, they were confounded. They heard every man speak in his own language. Verse 8, Amen. Are these not which speak Galileans? Verse 8, how we hear every man in our own language where we are born. Verse 11, Cretes and Arabians, do we hear them speak? Amen. In our tongue, the wonderful works of God. There's to get the tongues in Acts 2. It's not you coming up out of a swimming pool going shush. Right? Amen. Hello? I'm just trying to be factual. I'm trying to get you to get your Bible right. Acts 2. They're in the middle of Daniel's 70th week. What is Peter preaching in Acts 2? Look at what it says. Look in verse 19. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. The moon shall be turned into blood before the great notable day of the Lord. Now watch this. This is not what not one apostolic preacher will give you what I'm fixing to show you. You ready? And it shall what? Come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's all. Amen. They want to take me to 38 for salvation when it's right there at 221? Huh. It's funny they can't read their Bible. You know what? Jesus is coming back here at Armageddon. You know what Peter's just quoting about? The sun being turned to darkness, the moon being turned to blood, right here. He's talking right at the time Armageddon, at the end of the Daniel 70th week. He's beginning Daniel 70th week by preaching the end of it, the judgment that's fixing to come. He's preaching about the Spirit of God being poured out upon all flesh. Right? Look at this. Look at this. In uh, verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I pour out my Spirit upon what? Where's that located at? When you're looking at the Bible... This is where they're at. Where's that prophecy promised in this timeline? That promise is promised right here in the millennium. In the thousand year reign of Christ, that's where that promise is located. He said, Preacher, you're nutty as a fruitcake. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We're just talking about people wanting to get baptized in this name, and I just want to give you a little historical background so you can see what's going on here. Verse 39, all flesh. What are we talking about in Acts 2, 17? All flesh, right? Well, Paul defines all flesh. Would you guys like a definition of all flesh? You're not going to get this in a Ruckman commentary. You're not going to get this from Greg Eastep. You're going to get it from the King James Bible. Look at what it says. 1 Corinthians 15, 39. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there's one kind of flesh of men... Comma, another flesh of beast, comma, another flesh of fishes, comma, and another of birds. God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. That's the millennial rest. That's where God pours His Spirit out, where the lion and the lamb can lay down together. The child can play on an asshole, amen, and, a, and play with vipers. Listen, and a, and a bear and, a, and an ox can eat straw together. Listen, God pours His creation out, our Spirit on all creation. That's where in Romans 8 they're groaning. They're groaning what? To be for that, that hope, that hope of glory, that the Spirit of God will come. Amen. Let's look at Acts 8, or Romans 8. Let's look at it. I can't quote it. Romans 8, look at it. 
Romans 8 verse 22, and we know that the whole creation groaneth and travailed in pain together until what? Now, not only now, but they ourselves, amen, also which had the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we're saved by hope. Listen, all creation's groaning for us to be that get that glorified body and get that new millennial rest, the new heavens. Amen. The new earth, the earth will be regenerated at that point. You understand? I'm not talking about the new heavens of Revelation 21, but this earth will be renewed. Hello? All the mountains are going to flee. All the islands are going to flee away. There's going to be one mountain, Mount Zion. The sun's going to be changed. The moon's going to be changed. Everything will be changed in creation in the millennial reign. You know what people don't see? They're looking at this, trying to put it here. It don't fit there. He's preaching about the end here, and the Spirit comes down there. Boy, I wish people would understand that. Let's look at something. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. He said, Preacher, you're, you're a little bit batty. The earth will have its face renewed. The Spirit of God will be poured out upon the sun, the moon, and the stars. Things are going to change from the creation, from the creature, from the animals, from man to the waters, to the fishes, to the birds in Jesus Christ's new kingdom. Chapter 1. Are you ready? Everybody's getting quiet on me. You afraid of me? Verse 5. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to sense. There's two different baptisms there, isn't there? There's one with water. Right? You with me? Right. And there's one with the Holy Ghost. That's two. Everybody wants to make one water baptism. That ain't what it says. What's missing in that verse that John the Baptist preached? John mentioned three of them. Right. One of them's missing. Fire. Why is fire missing? Because he's not dealing with lost people as John the Baptist was. When John the Baptist was standing up there, he was dealing with Israel and all kinds of people. Hello. And he said, I'll baptize you with water unto repentance. There one cometh after me to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Come And with fire. The people that received John's baptism, their eyes were open. John 1, verse 31. Right? That they could see that Jesus was the Messiah. They'd repent. They'd follow they were justifying God by being baptized by John's baptism. Those who rejected John's baptism, rejected the, the Messiah, and rejected Jesus Christ, they are the ones that are going to be baptized by fire. Hello? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. You understand? Here Jesus is talking to men that will be converted and filled with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So he's not telling them about hell being baptized by fire because the men that he's preaching to will not go to hell and experience eternal fire. Do you understand why it's left out? Because when you go to Matthew 3, 11 and 12, verse 12 says, he will gather his wheat, picture of saved folks, into his garner, a picture, amen, of whatever he wants, the nation of Israel or the church, whatever you want to call it. But I'll gather the chaff, I'll burn him up with unquenchable fire. That's hell. Right? Psalm 1, verse 4 says, The ungodly are not so, but like the chaff. You know what the chaff is? They're ungodly. You know who the ungodly are? Those who's going to burn in fire. You know who Jesus is dealing with in Acts chapter 1, verse 5? He's dealing with the wheat, not the chaff. That's why fire is not mentioned. People better get that. They think it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. You, you're nutty as a fruitcake. Pecan pie. Hello? Amen. The baptism of fire is not the second gift, the second reign of Jesus Christ. Amen. Were you speaking an unknown tongue? Amen. Amen. The baptism of fire is where you burn in a lake of fire for eternity. Verse 6. Watch it. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the what? The kingdom of Israel. They weren't looking to go to heaven. They didn't want to go to heaven. The Jew was promised the earth. 
the new earth. They were promised a kingdom. That's what your Jehovah Witnesses are missing. It was promised to Israel. They're trying to take Israel's blessings and come and preach to a bunch of Gentiles Jewish doctrine. That's why they're going to die and go to hell. Because they're rejecting the counsel of Jesus Christ. They're rejecting the ministry of what Jesus Christ did. They're rejecting Paul. And the gospel of the grace of God, they want the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of kingdom has water baptism in it. Why does it have water baptism in it, preacher? John chapter 5. John chapter 5. These people run through their Bible. They don't even know what they're doing. Not John 5. Where am I at? John 5. Well, where am I going, Lord? John 3. I'm sorry, John chapter number 3. Verse 23. And John also, baptizing in Enon near Salem, because there is much water there. If you're just sprinkling people, why'd you need much water? Amen. Because people are going down into it. They're being submerged. Right? And they came and were what? Baptized. Baptized. They were immersed. John was not yet cast into prison. Now watch this paragraph mark. A time element here. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about what? Purifying. Purifying. See, John's baptism was connected with Israel for purification. You understand? Had nothing to do with a Gentile getting saved and getting his sins washed away. It had something to do with Israel being purified, washed in water. Go back and look at the Old Testament sacrifices. <laughs> That's what it had to do with. John chapter 1. Let's look at it. Let's just look at it. Just make sure you're getting hold of this thing. John chapter number 1. Verse 31, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest what? To Israel. Therefore, I come baptizing what? With water. You know what it was? It was a sign of purification. It was a sign of Israel repenting. Amen? To get their sins remitted. Hello? But Israel winds up rejecting Jesus Christ. As a nation, as a whole, they reject God, John the Baptist to kill him. Strike one. They reject Jesus Christ, God the Son. They kill Him. Strike two. From Acts chapter 1 through Acts chapter 7, they reject the ministry of the Holy Ghost. They kill Stephen. Strike three. Israel's cut off. And now henceforth we go to the Gentiles. And Acts 8, an individual saved, not a nation. Acts 9, an individual saved, not a nation. Acts 10, an individual saved, not a nation. And God goes from uh, national salvation about the kingdom of heaven to the individual about the kingdom of God, a spiritual, righteous, moral kingdom, which is in the Holy Ghost. And he begins to teach in Acts 8 the substitutionary death atonement of Christ for an individual, not a nation. Then Paul's an individual gets saved, and all three races, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, are converted. Amen. And in Acts 10, Peter stands up and he preaches to Gentiles. And guess what happens? What's what? Let's look at Acts 10. These guys can't reconcile these scriptures. Acts 10, verse 43. Well, let's look at verse 40. And God raised him up the third day and showed him, showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto the witnesses chosen before God, even us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all prophets witness that through his name whosoever be baptized. Believe whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Peter left out Acts 2.38 right there. Right. I just thought I'd throw that in for you guys. Right? Verse 44, And while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as, as, as many as came as with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now see, they'll say, see there, there's tongues. Yeah, to convince Peter and the Jews that are with them that the Gentiles got the like gift. It's not something that we're getting as initial evidence of being saved. Look at what he says. Verse 46, and they heard... And for they heard them speak with tongues and then and magnified God, then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of what? Didn't say Jesus, did it? Peter contradicting himself again. Hello? You can use the Lord for God the Father, you can use the Lord for God the Son, you can use the Lord for the Holy Ghost. Hello. He's baptizing them in the name of the Lord. And he prayed. Now, your church of Christ likes to use that. And they'll say, are you in the Lord? And they'll say, when you get water baptized, they corrupt 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and they corrupt Galatians chapter number 3 and say, you get baptized by the Spirit into water, which puts you into the church of Christ. That does not say that. They're changing the Scriptures. So they think when you get in water, you're getting in the Lord. When you get in water, you're getting wet. Right. Amen. I hope I haven't lost you guys. I'm trying to tell you we're at the beginning of Acts. In Acts chapter 1 right here, they're talking about the kingdom. They're talking to a nation of Israel. Amen. Somewhere in the middle of this thing, it gets cut off in Acts 8. Right at the end of Acts 7. Boom, this 70th week stops and God shoves it out there 2,000 years out in front of us. And he calls Gentiles to be saved. He calls a minister to the Gentiles to preach. He gives them the gospel of the grace of God versus the gospel of the kingdom. Different. They get baptized after they trust Jesus Christ because it's like figure. Not in order to get their sins remitted. Hello. Amen. I'm trying to help you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter number 28. You're dealing, when you get baptized in that name of Jesus, you're dealing with a Jewish people that's listening about a kingdom coming and it's upon reception of the kingdom that those Jews were to receive Jesus because they murdered their Messiah. Hello, you with me? Now, what do you do if you leave Jerusalem and you leave Israel? How are you supposed to baptize them, Peter? How are you supposed to baptize them? Well, let's go to Matthew 28, verse 18. When Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach who? Teach who? What did it say in Matthew 10 when he called out the twelve? What was their commission? Where were they supposed to go in Matthew 12? Let's go to look at Matthew 10. When he called the 12, let's look at what he... Hold your place there and look at what he said. Jesus changes his commission. He changes the charge to these people. Man, you better get this thing. Amen. They're not the same. Things that are different are not the same. Chapter 10, verse 1. And when he called unto him is who? Twelve apostles. He gave them, the twelve apostles, power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And then he gives you the name of the twelve. Right? Verse 5. And these twelve sent, he, uh, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, Go ye, or go not into the way of the Gentiles, and in any city of Samaritans enter ye not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're seven years, listen, they're ten years away from the kingdom when Jesus shows up and sends them out. Right. They're ten years right there in Matthew chapter 10, away from the kingdom. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Three years later, he's crucified. They got seven years left before the kingdom. And when he raises up from the dead, he already knows Israel's going to reject. And so he gives them a commission, a great commission, to go into all the world. And look what he says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now he's telling them, now you can go to the Gentiles. Now you can go to all nations. Before, they were commanded not to go to the nations, not to go to the Samaritans. All 
only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now it's changed. Do, do you guys even see the change? They had apostolic signs and wonders. They were given signs are for the Jew. 1 Corinthians 1.22. 2 Corinthians 12.12. Guess what? The signs of an apostle. The twelve apostles were to the nation of Israel because signs and wonders are to the nation of Israel. Paul had signs and wonders. Why? He had ministry to Israel, but what else? Mark 16 tells you. Hold your place here. Go to Mark 16. Tells you why they had signs and wonders and why Paul had them when he was going to the Gentiles. But before it was all over, Paul lost the power to heal. Amen. Verse 19. So after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working them and con- working with them and confirming what? The word, the word why. Was signs following. They didn't have a completed revelation. They didn't have a complete Bible. Right. The men that they were, they were sitting under didn't even write the letters yet. Yep. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts. Right? Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, amen, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, 1st and 2nd Timothy, amen? They didn't have the books of the Bible yet. So they still had signs and wonders, and God was using those signs and wonders until he got a completed revelation. Amen. You said, preacher, you're nuts. I'm just reading the Bible. They went using signs and wonders to confirm the word. They didn't have it. All they had was an Old Testament, 39 books. Hello? Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them. Right, let's go back, 19. Go ye therefore to all nations, baptizing them how? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That's how us Gentiles baptize Christians after they've been saved. Amen. That's not how we baptize sinners trying to get them converted. Amen. When a person repents and trusts Jesus Christ and is saved by grace, receives the gospel, the grace of God, and by faith they turn to God and repent and trust Jesus. Amen. Upon their profession of faith, we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hello, amen, that's what we do. That's why we do it. And people said, you're all mixed up. You're crazy. No, I'm telling you, something changed after Acts 7. He changed right here in Matthew 28 because he knew Israel was going to reject. And when you deal with Israel, you said in the name of Jesus. And when you deal with the nations, you say in the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. That's a Gentile baptism right there. I'm an American. How dare any of these so-called Pentecostal preachers baptize somebody that's not in Israel in Jesus' name. The Gentiles, the nations. America's a nation. How dare you go to Puerto Rico and Peru and other places and tell them they're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. You're going against the Bible. A direct command. is you, you got a red-letter Bible? That's Jesus' words. He told the apostles what they're supposed to do when they go to the nations. People don't know how to rightly define their Bible. And they're messing everybody up. And all I'm trying to do is give you a timeline and show you how everything worked and how it all fits together. Jesus changed his commission because they're no longer dealing with Israel as a nation. They rejected, so God puts them on the shelf. Goes to Gentiles, tries to reach them, raises up a man. Paul, a minister to uncircumcision, to reach him, giving him the gospel, the grace of God. And the book of Galatians, he's giving him something that he didn't get from Peter in Acts 2. In fact, they had to go to Peter in Acts 15, and they had to have a powwow. Amen. Pow, pow, pow. Hello, they had a big dispute. Amen. And when there's much disputing, let's look what Peter said in Acts 15. He didn't say Acts 2, 38. Amen. Boy, you better get this. Acts Acts 15. I read to you what Peter said in Acts 10. It's different than Acts 2. Let's look at what he says in Acts 15. Watch this, verse 1. 
A certain man which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be what? Circumcised after the man of Moses, ye cannot what? They're saying you got to do something to get saved. Anybody tell you got to do something to get saved? Amen. Throw them in a the trash can. Yeah. Except receiving Jesus Christ. That's the main command. Amen. You understand? Amen. Works. Verse 5. Well, let's read around verse 2. And Paul, and when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation. It means they had a big one. Amen. With them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and the elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy on all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Verse 5, But there rose up a certain sect of the Pharisees, which what? Believed, right? Saying that, that it is needful, amen, to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now you got to do something to stay saved. We couldn't get you to get saved with works. Now we got to add a bunch of works into your Christian life and foul you all up. You understand? Well, they're sitting there saying, wait a minute, we got to solve this problem. Verse 6 And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. And when Peter there had or when there had been much disputing, amen, a powwow, amen, a knockdown drag outer, Peter rose up and said on them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and what? Believed. Totally different than Acts two. Hello, he's taking you back to Acts two and Acts ten. It's different. Verse 8, And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which we nor our fathers were able to bear? But we believe that through Acts 2.38, everybody will be born again. That ain't what he said, is it? Peter didn't go to Acts 2. To confirm salvation for anybody. Right. He said, We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved even as they. He said, It's God's grace and it's by faith. And Paul wrote, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Hello? Now, Let's just for kicks, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. The Apostle Peter, he writes eight chapters in the Bible. And you would think in one of them eight chapters he'd mention baptism and he, you think he'd lead you back to Acts 2.38, don't you? But Peter doesn't take you back to Acts 2.38. My, my, my. Why does, he do, why does Peter do that? And then why do the men that want to read 1 Peter chapter 3 want to take you to Acts 2.38 and mess you up when Peter doesn't take you there? That yeah, man, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah. First Peter chapter three, verse twenty, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein that is eight souls were saved. How? By water. Did they get Acts two thirty eight? Did they get in Jesus' name? Did Noah and them get saved by some apostolic preacher saying, in the name of Jesus, I baptize thee, my brother Noah? They never got wet. <laughs> Amen. They were saved by being in an ark of safety, which is a type of Jesus Christ. And they went through an open door, one size fits all. And they went in the door and God closed them in and shut them up and saved them without getting wet. Hallelujah. Amen. Boy, I wish I could read my Bible and make sense of it. Right? Look at what it says. The like what? Figure. It's a picture. It's a figure. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. 
Let's skip the parenthesis for a second and look down through there. The like figure, where baptism also doth now save us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You've got to believe that Jesus died and buried and rose again for you. Nobody in Acts 2.38 was putting their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. They were told he was resurrected from the dead, but nowhere does the grace of God, the gospel that Paul preached in 1 Corinthians 15 ever show up in Acts 2. Right. Boy, you better get that thing right. You're going to burn in hell, bud. You say, what are you all wound up for? Because the devil's deceived these folks. Yeah. And they're going to tell their church, I'm deceived. They don't know how to rightly divide. They don't know how to reconcile Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 15, and 1 Peter 3. They can't reconcile it. It's different. How do you do it? Different divisions. Where it fits in the scriptures. Hello? That was right in Daniel's 70th week. That's the time. What, of Jacob's trouble? They were under the law till Calvary, right? Amen? <laughs> the New Testament begins at Calvary when the Messiah's cut off, right? right. Amen? You better, you better put it in the right spot. You, you put your little file, you take your little piece of paper and you put it in the wrong file, you'll split hell wide open, bud. You better not put your file in Acts 2. You better not put your file in Acts 10. You better, you better, you better check out what file you're putting your gospel in. Yeah. You put your faith in the gospel of the kingdom, you're going to split hell wide open. Uh -huh. You better put your faith in the gospel of the grace of God that was delivered unto Paul, which was preached to us. Amen. Well, you get your file in the wrong place, you are messed up. Amen, Amen preacher. Look at what it says. The like figure wound to even baptism does also now save us. Watch this. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. I'm telling you something right now. Water baptism will not wash away your sins. It will not change your old nature. It will not wash away the filth of the flesh. Catholics believe when you take your little baby, the priest throws water in his face and they say you're cleansed from original sins. That's a lie straight out of hell. Amen. They use Acts 2.38 to prove that. These apostolics use Acts 2.38 so you'll get your sins forgiven and washed away. When you come in contact with the water, you'll come in contact with the blood. That's a lie straight out of hell. I typed to that Church of Christ fella that sat there and said he was a Baptist for 65 years and he, got, he wound up getting baptized the right way and got put into the Church of Christ and now he's in the Church of Christ saying he's in the Lord. So you're telling me that if you're in the Lord, you're in the Church of Christ? Hello? Amen? And I typed him a nice little letter. He don't even know if he's coming or going. He don't know if he's up or down. Amen? And that guy, he is so blind that he can't see it. I said, sir, listen, according to your doctrine, you're not saved. According to their doctrine, Acts 2.38 does not save them. According to their doctrine, amen, you've got to admit, believe, confess, repent, and be baptized. Hello? But they're still not saved. They're still not born again. They're still not guaranteed heaven. All their sins were not washed away. They think their past has been taken care of. But I'm telling you, their future resurrection and, and safety is not dependent upon how they were baptized. It's based on now. You've got to keep the commandments. Right. <laughs> you talk about something funny. You couldn't keep the commandments to get saved. What makes you think you can keep the commandments to stay saved? Ultimately, they don't believe water baptism, Acts 2.38, saves them. Ultimately, they believe that you've got to live a good, righteous life and a moral life and that your salvation is based upon living a good, moral, clean life plus having baptism, plus living a good life, plus being in the right church. And they're still not guaranteed heaven. They still don't know they're saved until they get in God's presence. And then he says, Enter thou the joy of the Lord because you jumped through all these hoops and you said all the right words and you did all the right things and you were in the right building and you were put in the right tub by the right man and said the right words. Listen, that's baloney. Well, die and go to hell. 
We believe that when you repent and receive Jesus Christ, your Savior, your sins are forgiven you based on the merits of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And His blood washes away your sins by faith. And then you're made a new creature. And because of that, you follow in believer's baptism. It's a light figure. It's a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection. It's a testimony and a witness. And you're saying, I have taken Jesus Christ, my Savior, and I believe he died and buried and rose again. Proof of it, I'll demonstrate it physically with an illustration. And I'll be baptized and raised again and get wet in front of everybody because I'm taking a public stand in front of you that I have received Jesus. It's a figure. Hello. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Better get this thing. People's going people's to get you so mixed up like a termite and a yo-yo. He said, Preacher, you're mixing it all up. I'm trying to deal with the passages and make it rightly divided and show you what all these heretics are saying is mumbo-jumbo and I'm trying to get you to believe the book. Understand a history lesson. How God was working. Amen. When God was working. Hello? Amen. First Corinthians, this is the man that's now saved by grace through faith, preaching the gospel, the gospel of the grace of God. And he says over here, now I'm going to read it and tell you what this little clown said on my website. There's a division. Verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak what? Oh, my. How in the world can they all speak with tongues then? You all speak the same thing. You in church speak English. Right? Hello. If you got a, got a guy that comes in and can't speak English and he's French, you better have a Frenchman interpret so we can understand what the, the guy's saying. You understand? Better make sure he speaks. We all speak. We're all on the same page speaking the right thing. That, that verse would knock out tongues, don't you think? Hello. Yeah, I appreciate That's good preaching. Amen, amen. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye shall be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. And this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Paulus, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist. Hello, you understand? Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized how? In the name of Paul? No. I thank God I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. Now listen, the clown that I was dealing with is trying to say Paul's only talking to save people here. And that's why he said not to baptize. You understand what I'm saying? He's trying to trying to say that he's only talking to Christians. He's not talking to lost people. And so lost people don't have to get... Lost people have to get baptized in Jesus' name is what he's trying to say. And Paul's not addressing any lost people. That guy is crazy. Watch what he says. Verse 16. I baptize also the house of Stephanas. And besides, I know not whether I baptize any. For Christ sent me not to baptize, comma. He ain't got nothing to do with about the crowd he is in front of. Do you understand? It's not got nothing to do with him being in a church of a bunch of saved people. He is telling everybody, Christ sent me not to baptize. If baptism is so important and it's a part of the gospel, why was Paul not said, I was set to baptize in Jesus' name? Baptism is not part of the gospel. Period. Why do men incorporate it? Because when men read John the Baptist and they read Acts chapter 1 and 2 and they begin to read and try to reconcile all that stuff, they don't understand who God's talking to, the timetable of whom he's talking to, and what he is delivering them, the message is being delivered to them. They don't understand it. And then they can't follow God, go through there and how he changes from Israel to the Gentiles and he changes to the gospel of the grace of God because he's no longer going to preach the gospel of the kingdom to a nation who rejected the kingdom. 
And now God's going to have mercy on the Gentiles and give them a salvation by grace through faith, through the finished work of Jesus Christ, how that Christ died for our sins. Amen. According to Scripture, he's buried, rose again the third day. According to the Scriptures. And if you by faith receive the substitutionary death atonement of Jesus Christ, you by faith can be free. Would you turn to him, repentance toward God, and receive his son? That's how you get it today in the church age as a Gentile. And when you receive him, you get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost after you've been converted. Hello. The gospel. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. They're not the same. You don't combine them. Hello. Pretty simple, ain't it? Listen, that name, above every name, is the name when that Jewish nation was submerged in upon receiving the kingdom for killing their Messiah. And when Ananias talks to Paul, he don't have the Pauline revelation. And when he says, Paul, rise up, be baptized, wash away their sins, Ananias does not know the Pauline revelation. When a Baptist preacher mess you up just like a Pentecostal preacher will mess you up because they're quoting Ananias and Ananias is doing the only thing that he knows. Hello. You better be careful when you trade through the Word of God. Amen. Ananias doesn't have Pauline revelation. Hello. And when Paul's giving his testimony, you better be careful when Paul's giving his testimony. He's not telling you what he was commanded to preach. He's going back. And he said, guess what? I was on the road to Damascus. Amen. He says it three times. And as I was on the road to Damascus, this was happening to me. And he's giving his testimony. That is not doctrine for the church. He's just telling you how he got saved and what Ananias said when he got saved. But that's not New Testament doctrine for the church. Right. Bunch of Baptists, because it's in Acts chapter 22, they want to throw it out there. They better be careful what they're grabbing, what they're throwing out there. You understand? Good night, man. We got we to gotta line up and line up with the book and do what the book says. What's for the church today ain't what Israel got in Acts 2. And that guy said, we're split all over the place. Yeah, we're split because people can't read. You know what I tell every Acts 2, 8 through 238er? Finish the rest of the book. Read Acts 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Amen. Paul didn't tell that Philippian jailer to get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. He didn't say that. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved and the house. Different. How do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile Cornelius getting saved without hands being laid on him by the apostles? Got the Holy Ghost without laying on of hands, without saying in Jesus' name. How did that happen? Something happened. There's a transition. How do you reconcile it? You don't make them the same. You don't throw one out. You must reconcile it according to the Scriptures. Something has happened. There's a change. There's a transition. Going from Old Testament to New Testament. You're going from Israel to the church. Better get a hold of that thing. There's a transition here. It's changing. And people want, are all messed up. And then they call me the heretic because I'm trying to put an iron to it and smooth it out and line it up the way it's supposed to be lined up. Submerged. That's a submerging name. You want to go to Acts 2.38 today? You want to claim that as your baptism? You'll split hell wide open. Well, I believed in Jesus. Yeah, You better be careful. Amen. I guarantee you, you're going to meet the Holy Ghost. And you're going to meet Jesus Christ. And you're going to meet him at the judgment of the great white throne, not the judgment seat of Christ. After you spend a thousand years in hell, plus seven years, maybe, if you go through the trip, how far you get through it. And turn around and he looks at you. He said, why didn't you finish the book? Why didn't you read through? I wrote more. They all live in Acts 2. Listen, you Pentecostals, if you hung on this long enough, I'm going to tell you something. To you guys, that is the pinnacle. 
Once you've spoken tongues, you've got to get to the Holy Ghost. you got it all. That's the pinnacle of your Christian life. And now you keep going back to Pentecost and you think the rest of your Christian life you've got to reenact Pentecost. That was the beginning, not the consummation. And every stinking church service out here, they're trying to redo it. They're trying to reenact that consummation. And that's evidence. That's their security. My security is in the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, not some unknown gibberish that I said when I popped out of the water. Pop goes the weasel. Hello. Amen. I love you. And that's why I'm angry and mad that somebody's deceiving you. And his name's a devil. And you're thinking pride will keep you in a religion. You won't dare check me out and go through the scriptures. Go through them. Check me out. What are you scared of? Go ahead. Check me out. Take the Highway Baptist Church test. Amen. All you got to do is swallow a little pride. Sit back and say, I was wrong because I didn't read the Bible. And I was trying to apply a Jewish baptism to the nation of Israel to a bunch of Gentiles. I was wrong. I was wrong. Amen. Your eternity depends on it. I'm not baptized in Jesus' name. I'm baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, according to Matthew 28, just the way Jesus' red letter said it. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to preach. 